0: You are Locked On, Locked On, Locked On Hornets, your daily
2: Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Welcome in, Hornets fans. This is Locked On Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend from just down the way, David Walker. David, how are you?
1: I'm great, Doug. Hope you're doing well. It's another Monday, another week closer to basketball, my friend.
0: Another week closer to basketball for sure. And uh, we are approaching media day and training camp. We'll get a chance to hear from the players and coaches. uh, Really, officially for the first time, Uh, should be exciting to hear what they have to say and find out what they've been doing over the summer to improve their games. That's what always interests me, David, about... You know, media day in the beginning of training camp is finding out what, and we got some of these questions when we did mm-hmm. previews uh, on the team for other podcasts. Like, what what is Kimball working on to become an all star? What is What is MKG done this offseason to improve his jump shot? We're going to find all that out, so it should be really yeah. exciting.
1: Yeah, exactly. See what the guys did to take the next step. Like last year, we got Marvin and his his running, his jogging. So hopefully he kept that up. We'll see what he added no, and to the, the record.
0: That's a great point, David. I mean, and we we didn't take it lightly. We reported on it. Uh-uh. And, but we I don't think that either of us equated him saying that with the year he was going to have. So you really have to <laughs> no. listen closely to some of these things that I think we take for granted as, oh, yeah, he put on you know X number of pounds or he did this or did that. It's like sometimes you can get an indication of which guys are going to pop.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, we'll see what happens, especially. And I think some of these young guys, right? Like I'll be interested in Frank, especially with the summer he had, uh, you know, that little injury issue. But but what else do you do? Obviously, Cody. So, I mean, there's plenty of guys to see what they did. Kimba, of course, too. You mentioned, right? Like take that one more step just to get to that all-star level.
0: Yep. Well, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network podcast on your favorite teams delivered week daily. Panthers fans head over to iTunes after the show and subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed. The Panthers getting the victory at home in their home opener against the San Francisco 49ers. So you want to tune in to hear what Steve and Steve is he's on the inside. So he knows what what Rivera and Cam said and and he'll have all of that. Uh, for you there on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Also check out the Locked On NBA podcast, where host and uh, founder of the Locked On Podcast Network, David Locke, spoke with Utah Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder about a variety of subjects. Quinn, uh, very eloquent when talking about the intricacies of basketball, so you want to take a listen to that as well. Also, we're putting the live back in Hive Talk Live Tuesdays and Thursdays beginning this fall on YouTube and Facebook. So follow us on uh, YouTube. Just search Hive Talk Live and follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live for updates about when that's going down. If you have a question or a comment as we head into media day and training camp or you just want to sponsor the show, maybe get on the ground floor get your message out to these hardcore Hornets fans that we talk to every day, email us at buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Com. Okay, so David, last week we previewed some of the teams in the Eastern Conference that fans should will care about as the Hornets battle for playoff positioning later on in the year. It was a fun week, but and we also uh, talked about some of the players that are falling on top 100 list. The show's, admittedly, David, the show's got a little long uh, for <laughs> for the daily <laughs> format. We were we were eclipsing 40 minutes. And and I sympathize with any listeners who listened and were like, Oh my God. I mean forty minutes every day. So that was it was a special week because we really wanted to dive deep into some of these teams. And that's stuff that you can save on your phone, head back and listen to, especially when we play these teams, when we play the Hawks, when we play the Celtics, give those things a listen again because it will give yeah. you a lot of insight into the teams. But we're gonna make up for it today because we've got a we've got a short show. Um and <laughs> yeah, it, a
1: quick hitter.
0: Yeah, quick hitter. And and all this week we're going to be previewing the depth chart positions, each depth chart position for the Charlotte Hornets beginning with point guard today and going all the way up through the center position on Friday. And we start with at thehive.com writer and senior Wilmington correspondent for Hive Talk Live, Nick Denning who previews the point guard position. Take a listen. All right, uh, Nick Denning joining us now for a point guard breakdown, breaking down the depth chart for the Hornets at the point guard position. Let's start with the number one man. He wears the number 15, Kemba Walker. So, Nick, what happened with Kemba Walker last season? Good things, mostly.
2: Yeah, very good things. Um, Kemba averaged, basically had a career year. He averaged um, 20.9 points, uh, 5.2 assists, and 4.4 rebounds per game. The most important, though, aspect of this, he raised his uh, field goal percentage and three-point percentage to very respectable, efficient levels. Um, he shot 42% or 42.7% from the field, which was the first time he shot over 40% for a season since 2012, 2013. Um, and then he shot a career-high 37% from the three-point line, which is a huge, huge improvement from previous seasons. So. You know, he didn't quite have an all-star year, obviously didn't make the team, but you know, he was kind of in that conversation, you know, just kind of based on a few few months there um towards the uh towards the all-star break.
0: And you had a lot of stats there, but what's one stat that fans should know about Kemba Walker heading into this season?
2: Well, you know, coming one thing that I thought was very interesting was last season he shot um he he attempted more shots per game than he had in, in any previous season. Um so I mean he, his his overall shooting numbers were about slightly higher than the previous years. So he averaged about sixteen and a half shots per game, and they raised his three point um, attempts per game about one and a half. But this is what I think is important about this is is you know his shooting numbers or shooting percentages increased despite shooting more shots per game. And I think there was kind of a, a feeling amongst many fans and, and and myself included who felt that if he shot less but more high percentage shots, that you know his um shooting that that that's what would cause his shooting percentages to go up. But in fact that was not the case. So I think I think it's really interesting and important to note that, you know, he he can be a volume scorer and shoot the ball um efficiently.
0: What's one huge question you're asking about Kimball Walker heading into this season?
2: Really is can he do it again? Because I think, you know, he took such a big step last season and he I think, proving that he belonged as as, you know, Starting point guard is kind of a third-tier point guard if you're ranking, you know, the the top point guards in the league.
1: Um,
2: so can he can he maintain you know the effective shooting that he had last season, and and, and can he build on it? You know, can we see maybe that that three-point percentage raised to like 38 or maybe even 39? Can he shoot a little bit more? You know, can he raise the the overall field goal percentage to 43 or 44? Um, all I, I would say, I would say he he all signs point to him doing that, but it's you know. That's really what we want to see. Can he can he put two strong years together?
0: All right, let's move on to the backup position. Ramon Sessions, a familiar face to Hornets and Bobcats fans. What do you think Ramon Sessions' biggest strength is?
2: It's really his ability to thrive and finish at the rim. Um if you look at you know, look at his numbers throughout his career, he's always been good at doing that. Um last season he shot fifty-seven point six percent at the rim. And forty three percent, forty three percent of all of his shot attempts came at the rim. So he's he shoots a large percentage of, of those shots from drives, um, and he's able to finish very effectively.
0: What do you think his biggest weakness is?
2: It's three point shooting. Um, he's never really been that good. He has he has weird stretches where he'll like shoot over forty percent for like twenty thirty games. And you, if you look at his numbers, like when he's been tra- a couple times, he's been traded, and he's and he's shot the ball well when he's gone to that new team. But generally speaking, he's a low 30% three-point shooter. Um, like last season, he shot 32.4% in 82 games. And that's actually one of the higher percentages he shot over the course of the entire season.
0: Before there was good Gary and bad Gary Neal, there was good Ramon Sessions and bad Ramon Sessions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wh- what's one huge <laughs> question you have for Ramon Sessions heading into this season?
2: Like, how how will he fit and and potentially thrive with this Hornets lineup? Because when he was with the Bobcats, you know, when he was his first stint here in Charlotte, he was kind of surrounded by players, you know, good players, but not really good shooters. And now we have a squad that's built around three-point shooting. So, you know, will his ability to drive and finish at the rim, will that open up shooting, you know, will that open up space for the three-point shooters? And will having those three-point shooters allow him, you know, more ability to drive to the hoop um that's really what I, I I'm just curious to see how he fits and how effectively he can fit with um with this new lineup
0: another familiar face the third point guard on the Charlotte Hornets Brian Roberts he was with the team early last season uh, w- really one question for uh, for you Nick uh what can Brian Roberts do and what can't he do
2: well what he can do is occasionally get hot, and like he'll you know, have those stretches where you know he kind of gets thrown into the lineup, and he'll score like eight, twelve points in like a quarter, and it's just he just filling up the stat sheet. But then the thing is that kind of comes during like very you know maybe late in the fourth quarter um, when it really doesn't mean anything. So very rarely do you know do these stretches of hot play actually count. But there there have been points where he was you know, he was able to carry a team and. and and I can remember, you know, a few games where he was very, you know, vital in, in the Hornets winning a game. So he 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 can be effective in that sense. Um, unfortunately, though, I mean, like, in this kind of, you know, the whole thing with Robertson, I think we kind of realized that when, you know, when he was first with this team is I, I'm not very, I'm not totally comfortable with him as, as like the backup point guard. As a third point guard, I'm fine. But let's say that, you know, Ke- like Kemba goes down or Ramon goes down for like long stretches. Of the season that's where i'm kind of concerned as you know you know if we give him too big of a role you know i'm i'm, not, I'm concerned as to whether or not he's gonna be able to be effective you know playing 20 plus minutes a night um but as a third point guard i, I think he's fine
0: nick denning there from at the hive.com. follow him on twitter at nick denning d-e-n-n-i-n-g david your thoughts on the point guard position
1: Well, Doug, I need you to help me with something. I need you to talk me down off the ledge because I'm super concerned about over over losing Jeremy Lynn. And maybe I'm overreacting, but that backup point guard position was such a big boost last year when Kimball would go out and Lynn would go on one of his runs. You know, I'm like you. I mean, Sessions can give you some of that more on the driving end of what Jeremy was able to provide, but his three-point shooting was huge last year, too. And I'm just worried that that drop-off is going to be... More than enough uh, is going to be too great for this team to be able to sustain what they did last year. What do you think?
0: I will, I will help you off the ledge, my friend. Please, I will understand. Uh, now, I, so I'm reading this. I've talked a little bit about how I think that Sessions offensively can reproduce a little bit, if not all of what Lynn gave this team last season. Uh, the, the fellows over at SwarmAndSting.com uh, in their article entitled. Charlotte Hornets, the undervalued play of Ramon Sessions, broke this down statistically. Lynn, last season per game, 11.7 points, 3 assists, 3.2 rebounds. Sessions, 9.9 points, 2.9 assists, 2.5 rebounds. So a little bit of reduction, but not significant. The splits, 41.2% for Lynn, 47% field goal percentage for Sessions. So Sessions, uh, almost 6 points is six points higher. Uh, Three-point percentage for Lynn, 33.6%. Sessions, 32.4%. And then free-throw percentage, uh, 81.5%. versus For Lynn, 75.6% for Sessions. And both uh, Lynn and Sessions got to the cup and got fouled uh, relatively the same amount last season. Per 36 and per 100 matchup, even closer for Lynn and Sessions. So I think offensively, Ramon Sessions.
1: That was a lot of numbers. Beep boop
0: boop boop beep boop boop. I just I just calculated (laughs) it, and I'm telling you, uh, the results are in. Ramon Sessions offensively, I think, can help this team significantly next season in a similar way that Jeremy Lin was able to. Um, But I'm concerned as well, and I'm concerned in these two departments: clutch shooting. Jeremy, if you look at the clutch mm -hmm. numbers from last season, Jeremy Lin. Uh was uh along with Kimba walker were the were the two top guys who had the ball in their hands late in games and were making buckets and, and Lynn mm-hmm. arguably did it more efficiently than Kimba Walker did last season and and Kimba had uh far more attempts than Lynn did uh but Lynn was able to knock it down a little more efficiently than Kimba did in in those you know uh, what four point four point difference between the teams with under four to go those type of clutch numbers right. And um, the other department I think is defense, because and Clifford, <clears throat> Coach Clifford has mentioned this as well that Lynn uh, was an asset defensively, just because he was able to uh, play pick and roll defense as a point guard very well, and uh, you know as shooting guard he could he could do his best. Now we saw instances where you know elite shooting guards like Dwayne Wade were able to have sure. their way with Lynn. But just on a night in, you're not you're not going to face Dwayne Wade night in, night out. You know, so night in, night out, Dwayne Wade was able or I'm sorry, Jeremy Lynn was able to to defend the shooting guard position well enough for a reserve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ramon Sessions, I'm not so sure. And and top to bottom, I think as a pick and roll defender, as a point guard, he sometimes makes um, really weird decisions and allows penetration where he shouldn't and then yeah. uh, you know I don't think he has the size uh, to to really match up well against uh, shooting guards, and we saw Jeremy Lin had a penchant for blocking shots from the point guard yeah. position, something that Ramon certainly does not have in his um, in his arsenal. So those are two areas yeah, I'm concerned.
1: I, yeah, and you hit on it with the clutch shots. To me, Lin is much more of an impact player, and I'm like I mean, on any given night, I suppose you could talk yourself into any NBA player being an impact guy uh, for a short stretch. But to me, Lynn was definitely one of those guys, especially off the bench. And I don't know that sessions can be that uh, as much on a a consistent basis. So I think the good news is you're not as I'm not as worried about Kimba or I'm not worried about Kimba. I think he's uh, going to stay where he was. I think Batum was responsible for a lot of that, um, you know, helping, helping him get there, get that shooting up, be another creator out there. So if you can kind of, if you can kind of distribute some of what Lynn brought uh, from the impact standpoint back to Kemba and Batum, you know, a little bit more, then you could be okay. I just think um, as a straight up replacement, it's going to be tough for Sessions to provide a lot of what Lynn did. And so that's, uh, I mean, that's the biggest thing, but I think they kind of knew that right going in because they tried to get some three point shooting from Bellinelli and maybe some driving from, uh, from Sessions to make up for what they missed. Uh, With not getting Lynn
0: back. Yeah. And I think, you know, Sessions has never been known as a really great defender. But I think, like Bellinelli, if if he buys into Clifford's system and and, and Clifford can do some more magic, then then maybe you turn that reserve unit into an okay defensive team that plays really well on offense. But but I worry because, I mean, you've got Sessions and Bellinelli. There as your as your yeah. reserve backcourt, and that right. defensively is right. is not something that uh, that you really are that you get excited about. But another here, I'll give another tip in my hat to Ramon, or the deal to bring in Ramon too, is that one of the things you look for in any point guard is comfort level and familiarity with the offensive and defensive system that a team has, and so. You know for a team that had to remake essentially remake a lot of their bench production I think they did a good job in getting Ramon in that he's a guy you can plug and play you know he's he's not he's not someone that you have to you' mm-hmm. you're not going to have to teach him the the ways of of Charlotte I mean he's going to know right. as soon as he gets on the court okay you know what's going on and you know he yep. has that comfort level with kemba so you can't I think you can play them one two. And um, and that will help some of the pick and roll deficiencies, I think, uh, having him beside a guy like Kimba. And, and we have to factor in MKG as well. I mean, if you can find ways to leak MKG onto the floor when Ramon is on the floor, that could uh, make up for some of those defensive deficiencies as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, Bringing them in and being ready to go from day one uh, can only help. So I'm sure that's part of their thinking as well, to get somebody in here. Another vet that they're familiar with, right? So, I mean, uh, that will hopefully work out in their favor as well.
0: All right, great stuff there from Nick. That's the point guard breakdown. We're going to break down each depth chart position. And here's what I think. I, I didn't do this with Nick on the point guard. He's going to be back for on Friday for the breakdown of the center position. But I think what I'm going to do is ask each of them, because, you know, we don't, do, we don't do grades on here, David. We don't like grades. No. We hate grades. We we really hate grades. We 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 were never good at them in school. <laughs> <And> <laughs> never so, good at the grades. No, never good at the grades. So we don't like them. So I think what I'm going to do is ask each of them to pull their favorite movie or TV series and and rank it. Whether oh, it's cool. a TV series, maybe character or or season, or if it's a movie series like a trilogy, you know, rank it based yeah. on the best of that trilogy or the worst of that trilogy. Um, but yeah, I think this one is definitely. I, but when I look across the the spectrum of the depth chart positions, I'm I'm not as concerned about point guard as I am maybe small forward or even mm. even center. I think would point rank guard. below would rank below point guard because Ramon. Th- there are concerns, but he played really well in place of John Wall at the end of last season for Washington. He has the capability with Roy Hibbert at the center position. That's a complete question mark. Don't know if he still yeah. has anything left in the tank. Small forward. Right. There's nobody behind MKG. A traditional small forward behind the injury-prone MKG. So you know, yeah. I, I, I'm okay with the point guard position relative to the other depth chart positions. Steady, but
1: ste- ste- steady enough to be comfortable. Steady as shit goes, Captain. Right. <laughs> I don't know what that's from.
0: Anyway, uh, so we're going to we're going to have them grade it that way. So look out for that. We'll do shooting guard tomorrow. Stay tuned. And thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Subscribe to us on iTunes. We want to hear from you. Email us your Hornets thoughts, your questions, your comments to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. The Locked On Podcast Network now has an NBA channel. Check that out on audioboom.com. You can get all of the NBA shows in one feed in whatever you use to get your podcast. It's It's a really great way. To keep up with the entire NBA. Hive Talk Live is a presentation of SBNations at thehive.com. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So, what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't